0: Hey friends, we're excited to be together,
1: are you ready to worship,
0: are you ready to hear from God's word, we're so glad you've joined us, it's going to be a great morning. the I remember who I was. I was lost, I was blind, I was running out of time. Sin, separation,
1: to be with you here, and um, just tell you a little bit about ourselves. Pastor Tony gave the uh, kind of the short version, and mine's going to be even shorter, but uh, we recently moved here to Tampa. Actually, this month will be a year ago. Up until that time, we were in ministry serving pastors, as Pastor Tony mentioned, and prior to that, we were pastors of a church up in New Hampshire, which is where we spent Most of our years, um, we were pastors of a church we planted uh, up in New Hampshire. So we're New Englanders by background, um, but we have always longed to live in Florida. And God has been good because here we are. (laughs) And we wake up every morning and look at each other. We're empty nesters now, so I guess that's all we can look at is each other at this point. And we say, we get to live here. We get to live here. You guys, I don't know if any of you are from the North, but we did our time. Let me just tell you. We did our time in New England. Um, <laughs> our friends just, we just, I was just at a conference in Orlando, actually, and we had several friends come out from the North, and they went back home, and they said, we're still wearing sweatshirts, and I said, I don't feel bad for you. I did it for a number of years, and I did my time, so here we are, and we um, So we are so happy to be here in this area. We don't live too far from here, and Pastor Tony and Heather, Pastor Tony and Heather and me and Lisa have spent some time together, and we've enjoyed their friendship, and just looking forward to what God has in the future, specifically for you and for all of us. Last week, uh, we got to come and be a part of the service, and I love the word that Pastor Tony is bringing about the word of God. Um, Let me tell you, as a pastor, um, I've learned that the Word of God is life. That it is everything. But not just as a pastor, but as an individual. Um, I know that, I realize Christians uh, and the Bible, you know, they're supposed to kind of go hand in hand, right? You're a Christian, you read the Bible, that just kind of happens. But the reality is that most people who are followers of Jesus believe in the Bible, but not many make it part of their daily habit habit to spend time in the Bible. It's just the reality. Several years ago when I was pastoring, um, I found I was falling into a bad habit. And this was the habit. Whenever I read the Bible, I was reading it for someone else. I was opening it up and, oh, that would be a good sermon. Oh, this person, they really could use that passage right there you know or it, and it almost became more like a uh, a trade book instead of life to me and god began to work on my heart early when we were planting the church and realizing that this is not just for me looking to find something for others but this was something that god was wanting to impart into my life and heart do you know we can all do that whether you're a preacher or not we can read passages, memorize scriptures, have them all there, but not necessarily allow them to work in us personally. Now, what if I told you that every question you had in life, every situation you're dealing with, everything you need in life could be found here? You'd say, well, I mean, that's pretty powerful. I, you know, I guess it's in there somewhere. And if you knew that there was a place you could go for direction, for success, for comfort, and you could find your life's purpose even, and it could be found here. Wouldn't you want to go there? What if it wasn't complicated? And it didn't cost you any money. That's good, because we pay a lot of money to find out a lot of things. Right? You didn't have to go to school for it. And best of all, the results? Guaranteed. Guaranteed. You know, this method has been time-tested, approved, relevant, practical. It's the Word of God. You say, well, it can't be that simple. You know, life is just so complicated. You know, this is crazy. This world we live in, it's the 21st century. It's like, you know, what can the Bible tell me about marriage or raising my kids or finances? You know, how does the Bible even talk about living in a world where People are just all out for themselves and, you know, the, the culture is just crazy and there's so much division. How does the Bible help? Listen, the Bible may not tell you how to fix a flat tire, but it'll tell you what your attitude will be when you get a flat tire, <laughs> right? The Bible may not be able to say, they'll give you this step-by-step out-of-debt program, but it can keep you from getting into too much debt in the first place. It may not give you the name and phone number of your future spouse, but it says a lot about what that future spouse should be like, <laughs> right? So that's where we want to start. I don't know how many times I've had people who are followers of Jesus say this, why doesn't God speak to me like he does to others? Pastor, you know, you, you just like in there and the God just speaks to you and I wish I, why doesn't God speak to me like that? Hmm, there's not one of us that haven't longed to hear him more clearly. Or no, without a shadow of doubt, this is his voice, not just some other voice. In just a moment, we're going to read a passage of scripture found in Psalm 119. Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the Bible, and we're going to, it has 176 verses, and we're going to go through every single, no we're not, believe me. <laughs> just going to do a few of them. But it's the longest chapter in the Bible. And it answers this question. And there's a difference between discovering what it means to read the Word, listen to this, or allowing the Word to read us. So there's a difference between reading the Word and allowing the Word to read us. Can you say that? Let's let's say that together. We don't just read the word, we allow the word to read us. Ready, set, go. We don't just read the word, we allow the word to read us. I don't know about you, but I'm kind of, I'm not a guy who likes quiet. Some people really like enjoy quiet. They can spend a week at a monastery. I have a friend who just did that recently, and I'm like, I don't know how you did that. I need action, activity all the time. You know, even just being quiet before the Lord, I've had to discipline myself to do that. But I thrive on activity. I mean, honestly, I have to be honest, even though we're from New England, I'm a New Yorker. All right? You know, New York is the city that never sleeps. If you can make it there, you can make it anywhere, they say. You know, New York is where there's no such thing as defensive driving. It's offensive driving. By the way, have you ever heard about this? How many New Yorkers does it take to change a light bulb? One. What are you, stupid or something? (laughs) That's a New Yorker saying that. (laughs) So as quiet as I try to get, something's always making noise in my head. Is anyone like that? You know, you just, activity, think, oh, my list, I got to do this, got to check this off, and so it's like a lot of activity in my head. Something's always trying to pull me away. God has called us to hear him speak every day and let his word give us life. He speaks when the rest of the world clamors for our attention, when there's uncertainty, when there's distraction, when we're too busy to listen. He speaks when life is too loud. But here's the thing. If it's only about listening in my head and with my ears, I miss it. Too distracting up there. It's a whirlwind up there. And that's why I'm saying the way that the word works is we don't just read the word. We allow the word to read us, to do something deeply in us. We're going to talk about how we do that. It's key because in our Western American way of thinking... We believe that hearing comes through our ears, through our mind. But listen to what Jesus said. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. How is that? Ever hearing, he said, but never coming to understanding. Why? Because our hearts become callous. This is where he needs to speak. It's like Jesus is saying, the problem is that you're listening with your head and not your heart. The way to understand is... Not what you know up here, but let me speak and apply my word to you, to the deep places. We operate in head knowledge where God wants to give us heart insight. But one of the biggest blockages that we have is we listen the way the world listens instead of God's way. It's, I know, I mean, when we, people say, I, I want to hear God's audible voice. And maybe some of you have heard an audible voice. This morning I was... Spending time in the Word when an angel showed up to Peter. I mean, you know, or to Cornelius in a section of Scripture in the book of Acts. And I thought, oh man, that would be amazing. Now, remember, every time an angel showed up, they were like scared, frightened. But wouldn't that be cool to have like God show up and give you an audible voice? But he doesn't do that often. He may, and he still does. But the world's way is, oh, I've got to hear it. I've got to believe it. I've got to understand it in that way. And yet God says, allow me to speak my word to your heart. So here we are in Psalm 119. We're going to read a few verses together. Psalm 119, and I'm going to start in verse 97. I think we have it up here, yeah. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Your commandment makes me wiser than my enemies, for it is ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers. How could that be? For your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the aged, for I keep your precepts. I hold my feet. I hold back my feet from every evil way in order to keep your word. I don't, do not turn aside from your rules, for you have taught me. Listen to this, how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. And then I love this, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. It's a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. So God's word gives us all the insight we need in life. It's like saying it doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter how educated you are, it doesn't matter how much you know or don't know, it doesn't even matter how long you have been a Christian. It doesn't matter if you have greater capacity than someone else to acquire knowledge. Why? Because we don't just read the word, we allow the word to read us. I have more insight than my teachers, for I meditate on your statutes. How could someone say this? Where does this insight come? Notice he's not saying, I know more than my teachers. I mean, have you guys ever been like in a class and, you know, I remember taking, uh, I I did a master's program and I remember this, this professor, I mean, he was just like brilliant, brilliant. And I'm like, there's no way I can know as much as him. And that's probably true. But that's not what the scripture is saying here. It's not saying I know more than my teachers. He's saying that I have the insight. I have this great insight. You don't have to be brilliant to be wiser than even the smartest person. The difference is knowledge or insight. Because knowledge has to do with knowing. Insight has to do with applying. So even when you come here on a Sunday and you hear the word of God... You don't just walk away and say, oh, wow, I learned all this. It's like, oh, no, how can I apply this in my life? I'd rather be able to apply a few truths than recite a million. (laughs) It's not about knowing more. It's about applying and having the insight to what you already know. So as a parent, there's scriptures like Train up a child in the way they should go, and when they're old, they will not depart from it. Do you know that I know a lot of parents that will preach, will, will speak that verse, but they haven't done it? Oh, you know, the Bible says, if I train up my child the way they should go, they will not depart. Yeah. So how are you doing in that? Well, I know that verse says that. Or as a husband, it says, love your wife as Christ loves the church. Well, yes, I know that verse. But to do it. <laughs> That takes a lot of leading and help of the Holy Spirit. As a pastor, we're told as pastors, prepare God's people for works of service, to build up the body of Christ. Or as a follower of Christ, listen to what it says, love the Lord. Love the Lord with all your heart, soul, strength. Oh, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. Now, none of us would dispute that. We would say, that's a great verse. But there's a difference between saying it's a great verse and knowing it and living it out, right? I mean, what about if that neighbor is not someone, what if it's a nasty neighbor? What if it's a nosy neighbor? What if it's a unfriendly, unkind neighbor? What if it's somebody that lives a different kind of lifestyle than you would approve of? Does that change the word? It makes it harder for us to do it but we walk it out because we don't just read the word we're allowing the word to read us and say oh man you've got some growth there you need to do something there on the other hand if we just know it the Bible says knowledge puffs up we can act like we got it all together oh there have been so many times where I could look at someone else and I'm I could easily size them up and judge can I be honest with you you know I know I'm a pastor but listen, I'm also a human being. And there are times where I see someone and I make judgments about them. Oh, you know, they're probably like this, this, you know. And, and then the Lord says, well, wait a second. You better take, there's something in your eye. And it's like a log sticking out. You know, you see that speck in their eye. I mean, you can't even tell, you can't even look at them rightly because you've got this big old log in your eye. Oh, Jesus. Word, speak to me, read me, work in me, help me. This is what the psalmist said in another portion. He says, I get this insight by meditating on God's Word. Now, let's be clear, there's different kinds of meditation. Eastern meditation is about clearing your mind so that you can hear things. Biblical meditation is about allowing God to take what's in your head and really transform into your heart. Now we don't just go into a room, light incense, cleanse ourselves of everything in our head, but instead we do what the psalmist said, David prayed this, oh Lord your word I have hid in my, not my head, but my heart, so that I won't sin against you. It's not just about memorizing the Bible, knowing what it says, it's about allowing it to work in you and change you, and you know how that happens? That happens by God's Spirit. We don't learn and do based upon how the world learns and do. We have the Holy Spirit who opens the gateway from our head to our heart. Biblical meditation is a conversation. It's communion with God. It's listening to Him. If you're reading the Bible with the intention of checking off a list, and listen, I know I've done that before. Oh, you know, I, this, today I've got to get in the Word, and I'm going to do it, I'm going to read it. Sometimes I'll like keep reading, and I'm like, what did I even read? But I got through it, right? No, it's about conversation. It's about communion. If you're reading the Bible just to do that, you miss the point. Openness to the Holy Spirit. There's a scene in the Gospels, which I find so amazing. It's this encounter that Jesus has with the religious teachers, specifically the Pharisees. Now the Pharisees believed that they held strongly to Scripture, to the Torah, that they kept the law, that they did everything that was supposed to be done to the, to the jot and tittle. And they come into this conversation with Jesus And they missed the whole point of who he is. They believed that they would would come and challenge Jesus with things like healing people on the Sabbath. Do you remember when they did that? They said, you know, you're breaking the Sabbath. You're healing people on the Sabbath. Or they got upset with him because he and others were saying he was equal to God. They disputed the testimonies that people had had about him being the Messiah So they show up, and guess what they want to do? They want to teach Jesus a thing or two.